Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host, twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys! This week, we are excited to be joined by LSU head coach Jay Clark and senior Christina Desiderio. Clark has been coaching at the collegiate level for 30 years and has entered his ninth season with the Tigers. Seven of those seasons were spent as associate head coach, and last season he served as co-head coach alongside the legendary Dee Dee Bro. With his leadership and guidance, the Tigers were runner-ups at the NCAA Championships in 2016, which was the highest finish in program history, and they repeated that feat again in 2017 and 2019. Since Clark's arrival in Baton Rouge, the Tigers have broke numerous records, won three SEC team titles, and had seven individual NCAA champions. Now he is entering his first season as head coach of the Tigers and has a roster full of talent with names like Christina Desiderio, who of course is a former national team member and has been a reliable scorer for the Tigers on beam and floor throughout her career. At just 20 years old, Desiderio is preparing for her senior year at LSU and has taken on a leadership role within the team as they aim to win their first national title in program history this season. Before we get into the interview, we want to take a quick second to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Cindy M, Bree C, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Caitlin P, Kristen R, Lori S, and Sabrina M. As always, we appreciate your support. And if you enjoy our show and you want to help pay the bills, we will have a link to our website in the show notes below where you can find more information about the different tier levels that we have and what your contribution will be used for. Now, let's get into our interview with Christina and Jay. Jay, you've been around the college gymnastics scene for a while now. You coached at Georgia for 22 years and were head coach there for a few seasons before coming to LSU, where you're now entering your first season as head coach. So what are some lessons that you have learned from your past coaching experiences and what are you hoping to bring to this program? Um, you know, I think those years at Georgia, the, the 22 years were obviously, I mean, that was the only place I ever worked. And so... Um, from a philosophical standpoint and the, and the, the day-to-day things that we do, there's an awful lot of similarities um, to the way that, that we did things there for a lot of years, not, not, not just when I was the head coach, but during Suzanne's years, we, we obviously uh, had things that worked for us and that, we, um, that I brought here prior to becoming the head coach here. There were a lot of those things that we implemented that Didi and I collaborated on, but that were very similar to those to those those days but that had a little bit of an LSU twist so I think I've had the benefit of of learning under two different uh, two two similar but very different coaching styles uh, and and have been able to glean a, a lot of valuable lessons from both Suzanne and from Didi that uh, that I think have influenced me in very different ways I, I know that I'm very different than I was the first go round as a head coach than I am now I think then uh, I was much less in tune with my own uh, reactions to things and how that could affect what was going on. And I had to do some self-examination of, of uh, you know, and I, I would watch video of our team from time to time. And this is just an example. And I began to notice that if there was a mistake made in a meet that my facial expression would change or there might be some outward expression of, a reaction somehow to what had gone on. And I began to realize that they were watching my reactions uh, in those moments and that I needed to make sure that I showed more emotional control in those times. And and then I began to think about how I, I used to almost laugh because, you know, I would see Suzanne never take a smile off her face, no matter what was going on. And, and so, you know, I started to started to really try to make sure that I was more consistent with doesn't mean that you can't react when there's when it's warranted but but just little things like that that I've learned and I also learned that that I've got to be me and I can't I can't spend my time worrying about those that would compare me to uh, the previous head coach or to other people around there and, and I know that I made the mistake of doing that that I got sucked into trying to continue something rather than trying to be true to who I was and and what and the contributions that I had already made and, and, and not, um, not trying to, uh, not trying to be Suzanne, not trying to be Didi in this case is, is a key for any coach who, um, who takes over because when you, you never know, I don't care how long you've been an assistant coach or associate coach or whatever title they give us all now, the, um, 
it's a totally different deal when you sit in that chair and that and that the decisions land on your shoulders. And the first go around, it was it was it was different than it is now. Uh, here, I feel as though um, you know, Didi and I operated very much as a partnership for the for the seven plus years that we were together. Um, she really treated me as a, as an equal in terms of uh, a lot of the decisions that were made and the way that we went about things. And so I don't feel like much has changed in terms of my job, except that I'm, I'm the, the point person and the, the point, the person out front now versus uh, being able to remain in anonymity, which in some ways I always preferred anyway. But, you know, I can tell you is that, that as you get older, you get better at, at the things that you're good at. And hopefully you've identified your weaknesses and, and tried to work on those and make them stronger and, and, uh, and that's what I've tried to do. And, and uh, I can tell you this, I'm enjoying this team. And I think, um, I think we're, we're, we've got a good group of kids that are, that are invested in what we're trying to do. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's fun right now. It's a lot of fun. I felt a lot of pressure my first year back there as a head coach too, because we had, if you recall, we had just come out of a, we had won five in a row and, and we just lost not only Suzanne, but Courtney Kupetz and Tiffany Tolney walked out the door at the same time. So that was like, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen walking out the door with the head coach and then asking the Bulls to win another championship in basketball. It, it, it was a much different scenario. And so yeah. at that time, the questions that were coming from people like yourself and other people that were in the media at the time, all the questions came from a sort of a predisposition of doubt, like, how are you going to do this? And how is this going to be possible? And how, how, how? And, and we're not experiencing that right now. I think, I think we're a confident group. We, we got a, a, a great group of seniors that are, um, that have been here and, and have, you know, seen where we've come from and what the success has looked like here over the last several years. And we're not hearing those, those naysayers so much right now. Mm -hmm. And Christina, did you know last season that it was going to be Didi's last season? Because I think a lot of people, I mean, we all knew that like she was going to retire eventually. We just didn't know when. So did the team know about it last season? Um, honestly, we had no idea. We were completely shocked, um, especially when it got cut short. We thought that she was going to come back for next season for sure. And they brought us in for like a normal Monday meeting. I remember after quarantine and we're like, okay, this is normal. She starts talking like normal and then all of a sudden she was like and i'm retiring and we were like like our jaws dropped like completely yeah. um we were shocked a few of us were crying but yeah we had no idea it's like dropping a bombshell <laughs> right exactly it was a bombshell <laughs> to everyone so how are things going in the gym right now can we get an update on you know what events are looking the strongest for the team maybe an event that still needs a little bit of work how are things looking in the gym um, honestly, like, I think it's looking great. Um, we're all pretty healthy, which is an obstacle that every team has. And I know last year that's, that was a big obstacle for us. Um, I think we're looking great. Um, I know since we had that three month break that it's been harder to get our routines back, get our endurance back and our skills and everything. But I think we've been handling it very well. Jay thinks about each practice. Um, he keeps us in mind, our body in mind. So that's definitely been helping. Um, and I think we've been taking great steps forward. Um, to prepare for season so I, I just think uh, um, from a depth perspective balance beam is unbelievable we've we've got a ton of great beam sets that we know we can rely on and we returned five of the six from last year so there's a lot of experience there it'll be hard to you know unseat uh, those people from their spot but I would imagine you're going to see a lot of new faces get some experience early on in, in what's going to be a little bit of an abbreviated season. But, you know, at the end of the day, I feel really comfortable on that event. I think that vault is probably the most improved event because of added depth. And um, I don't know that we're doing any more difficult vaults than we, than we did. We just got more to choose from. And so it's a, it's a much improved event. It gives us a little more of a cushion there. I, if we're weak anywhere, it would just be depth on bars right now, which has been kind of typical of where we've been. I don't think I've had a year here that I've had more than seven or eight at any one time. I think at our best right now, we could have nine bar routines, but we are 12, 13 and on beam 15 deep on, uh, on those events. So those are those, we just got a lot more depth. And I think overall that's been um, the biggest key for us. And like Christina said, we're, we're, we're healthier with the exception of Kai Rivers and what happened uh, with her. 
we're healthier than we've been in the last several years this time of year. Um, everybody's kind of clicking right now. And, and uh, with the exception of a few COVID related interruptions that we've had via contact tracing or things like that, that have, you know, prevented us. I would say that, you know, in a normal year, we'd probably like to be about a week further along than we are right now. But it, it, as a, I mean, if we had to compete tomorrow, we could do it. And, and that's a good place to be. You mentioned Kai, is she going to be out for the season? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's, I, there's a chance that she could get back on bars, but, um, but I don't know how hard we'll push that right now. I mean, she was already coming back. We had had an, an ankle procedure done. She hurt her ankle as a J.O. kid, and we dealt with it last year. And so we had her ankle fixed in the off season. And then she had, she had a small tear in, in one of her shoulders that we got fixed. So we were dealing with those thinking those were the things we were coming back from and just out of nowhere, uh, the other foot when she first was released to begin tumbling again. And she had no pain, no nothing, and nothing that indicated there was a problem and the Achilles went. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just been a, she's very frustrated and, um, but her spirits have been great and she's, she's been uh, involved, you know, staying engaged and, and all those things and is determined to come back better than ever. And we would have, we would have really, where we'll miss her most probably is on vault and floor. What about you, Christina? I know you've had some injuries throughout your career. Are there going to be any limitations for you this season? Any mummy wraps? <laughs> oh gosh, not the mummy wrap. Um, yeah, my hip was, my hip was pretty bad last year. Um, but I mean, injuries are normal. I have my normal little ankle issues. Um, but overall, I'm feeling great. So just praying that I stay that way the whole season. Um, my hip is doing way better than last year. I think the quarantine definitely helped. And I've been doing therapy. I've been working with my trainer and just trying to keep it like that. So I think I'll be good for the whole year, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> right. The mummy wrap it was, uh, was, that was not, so bad. not a great one. It really helped though. So I, I can do a beamer team with it. That is so crazy to me. Like just watching you do that. Like gymnastics is hard to begin with, but then you wrap yourself with all that tape and it's like, how do you move? It looked like it would be restricting. Not really. It was like an ace bandage. So it was kind of stretchy and it helped because like, I couldn't really use my hip flexor, like that muscle. So it helped me like lift my leg without me having to use that muscle. So it overall helped me more than it restricted yeah, me. So. It, being it kind of acted like a spring a little bit because yeah they, exactly they wrapped it it was pulling her leg up and it and it just it really I mean it really was beneficial I I, I was like everybody else I hated the way it looked but I it, <laughs> but it, it there's no doubt that it was helping her cope with that for sure yeah yeah that's good you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> right <laughs> So we've done a few season previews now for other top teams. And something that we ask all of the coaches is who is the leader of your team this year? And then who is someone that you think might sort of come from behind and surprise fans, someone that maybe we're not expecting. Um, I would say you're, you're, you're talking to one of the leaders on our team for sure. Um, I think uh, our seniors in general are, are doing a good job of that. I think Sammy Durante stands out as well as somebody that sort of sets the pace in the way she goes about her business. She's, she's gotten herself relevant on all four events, which at one time with her knee coming out of club, we, we weren't sure that that would ever occur. And she's taken the initiative to do that. And I think, um, you know, Olivia Gunter is another uh, vocal kid on our team, but I, but we challenge our team all, everyone to to lead in some way or, or another and and we ask freshmen to be leaders as well and and so um i think kaya johnston is a leader just by virtue of what she did last year and the way she works out and goes about her business i mean there there were last year the press tried to throw around comparisons to her and sarah Fennigan, and i understand where that comes from but really really to me the only comparison to this point is is the way she conducts herself and goes about her business and trains. So we're getting leadership from a lot of different places. Um, but I think Christina, you know, who's on this call is, is potentially um, one of the stronger leaders that, that we have, because I, I have to get onto her all the time in the gym about social distancing. She's very much the lover of the group. She loves to get up on everybody and cuddle and, 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 but, but that gives her a platform because she's so, engaged and invested in everyone and she has a powerful voice when she uses it 
And um, if, as a matter of fact, we just met this morning and we talked about this very issue, Christina and I yep. did. And, yep. um, and so just, just being able to use her voice in a great, in a, in a, in a very gentle, loving way is a, is a key to her leadership style. And I think she's doing a great job doing that. So I'd put her as one of them. And then you have a pretty big freshman class coming in. How do you see them stepping into the lineups and making an impact for the team this season? Well, it's welcome because our problem that we were having last year was when we had a little injury bug get us, we didn't have a lot of depth. So we were hanging in there and we were beginning to get healthier as we, you know, move towards the postseason when when everything stopped. But I think the biggest thing this year is because of the number that there are is just the depth because they, you know, every one of them can do every event. And, um, you know, not all things are equal right now, but certainly uh, Haley, Elena and Olivia all are, all four events are good and um, you know Olivia's known for beam and Haley's known for her vault but they but everybody can contribute on every single event and, and I think that that just the added depth is is huge for us and and gives us some flexibility if we have some you know ticky tack kind of injuries where we need to rest someone we can we can move some pieces around and that that's just a huge luxury for us I mean we're looking for great things from them but um, but we don't feel like we have to depend on them because we felt like the nucleus of the team that came back from last year, certainly losing Kennedy and Ruby is a, is a big loss, but um, we felt like the nucleus was better. The, the thing people don't, don't think about a lot either is that, you know, getting Alona this year as a, as, as a healthy four eventer is like getting another freshman. You know, last year when we, we pushed her to get ready on bars, maybe a little faster than we should have. And, you know, she struggled early on because she had come out of that Achilles injury that happened at, a, at an elite training camp. She's healthy and she's doing all four events at a really high level right now. So it's like getting a sixth freshman in a lot of ways. So we're very excited about that. And I, I just think the quality of our gymnastics is really strong this year. And, and we've got some numbers um, that give us a little cushion and some flexibility. We don't have to ride the same horse week in and week out that's, you know, going to you know, hopefully reduce some of the wear and tear on their bodies. If you can ask these kids uh, every day, I'm checking where, where are you physically? How are you feeling? Because if we need to adapt and pull back, we can do that because it's, this is going to be an interesting season and, and for a lot of reasons. And I think if we can, if we can stay healthy, even if we start a little bit slower, then, then we've got a shot at the end uh, to, to do something here. And, um, and so, you know, we're very excited. We're excited about the freshmen. Well, we're excited about all of them. I wanted to ask you too, Jay, about Olivia Dunn, having someone like her on your team. I mean, she has like 3 million followers on TikTok. I think she has like almost a million on Instagram. What does that do for your team to elevate awareness, not only for LSU gymnastics, but college gymnastics in general? I mean, she's reaching a very wide audience of people who aren't even just gymnastics fans, but just people that are, you know, on social media scrolling and they come across one of her videos. Yeah, you know, I think that there's a fine line there. We we haven't we haven't talked a lot about that yet. And, and I think you know the the thing was I wanted her to come here and and kind of assimilate and just be a teammate for a while before we really tried to utilize or capitalize whatever the word is um, on on the level of exposure that that she brings uh, to us. And I think for her, it was the right thing to do too, because the last thing you want is for, you know, someone to walk in who's yet to be on a team and, and have some sort of elevated superstar status. So we really didn't, you know, in much the same way we did with McKenna Kelly, when, you know, it was Mary Lou Retton's daughter and, you know, all this hype that surrounded that it was about, it was about McKenna being McKenna and coming and being a part of this team. And that's kind of where we are right now with Olivia. Certainly we, we recognize and acknowledge that um, she has a, a platform that, that is not just beneficial to her, but that is potentially beneficial to so many people um, in terms of whether it's our program, whether it's, um, you know, social justice issues, whether it's, there's so many things that can be addressed through not only her platform, but we got a lot of kids on our team that have fairly large followings. And, mm -hmm. and I think we, we are, we're formulating ways to, to use that strategically without making it seem contrived or, uh, you know, in some 
you know, false signaling kind of way. I, I, you know, I think whatever we do with her platform or with any of our platforms needs to be genuine. And, uh, and so, you know, I think we're, we're just, we're kind of still fig figuring that out. And, and I would be honest with you, my priority right now, since we came out of a five, five and a half month layoff and we've been managing so many policies that our kids are not used to and um, getting, asking them to live socially in ways that they have not had to live before. And we've been really focused on what we're doing here internally with our group and, and with our messaging that, can, that, that has, has involved a lot of things that are going on in the world, both politically, um, within social justice issues. We've, we've, we've been doing a lot of things internally and trying to, trying to create a culture here that we know that we can be proud of and that can be uh, an example to anyone who sees it. And I think out of that will come a lot of the things that you'll begin to see on social media not only with Olivia's, but with everyone's. And so I think that's the approach overall that we've been trying to take. Nice. And Christina, I'll direct this question towards you. What are some of the I team's do. goals this season and then any personal goals that you might have? Um, well, of course, obviously our end goal is winning a national championship, um, but we try not to focus that on that every day. We try to just take small little steps every single day, get 1% better every day. And we believe that will get us to our end goal. Um, I think this year it's, especially with COVID, um, all these protocols, I think um, the team that's gonna be the best is gonna be the team that's most disciplined. Um, Jay tells us that all the time. And I think that's spot on. Um, I know these times are hard. I mean, we're still having fun. It's harder with these protocols and everything, um, but I think what's gonna get us to where we wanna be is being disciplined while having fun. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously our end goal is the national championship, but we compete every week like we're competing at the national championship. That's our goal every week. And personal goals, honestly, like my mindset now being a senior has changed like tremendously over the years. Um, I was an elite, so it was very individualized, um, kind of like me, me, me. And then when I got here, it totally switched. And I think throughout the years, like I don't even want like personal things. Like I want to do good for my team. Like I want to be disciplined for my team. I want to point my feet for my team. So it's mainly just for my team. So I don't really have any personal things anymore. Um, just for my team. Yeah. That's awesome. How does it feel now, I guess, you know, heading into your final season of gymnastics? Cause you're like in the home stretch now you've been doing gymnastics for so long. Like you mentioned, you were an elite before. So how does it feel to be kind of going into that final season? Um, it's a little crazy. Um, there's still some talk since we have an extra year of eligibility. So I'm not sure if this is totally going to be my last year yet, but I'm trying to think of it as my last year so I can go all out. It's crazy. I'm really sad. I love, like, I love gymnastics. Um, through my whole life. Um, so I'm just trying to go all out for my team and end with that. You kind of touched on this already. I guess, Jay, you can go ahead and answer this one, but LSU has been on the brink of winning a national title for the last several years. Many, many, many years. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think needs to happen this year in order for you guys to get it done? Well, I mean, this answer will probably sound like coach speak and, and everything, but I, I, I really find it to be true. I think the, the level of success we have had has been as a result of a culture and a vision that everybody has bought into and and wanted to be a part of I, we finished second three out of four years there in that run and and I can tell you to a person no one had any regrets about about what we had done or the way we had gone about ourselves we didn't look back and 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 feel like we could have done anything differently so I, I think that while you always self-evaluate and you always try to find ways to improve I think some of the things we've done to improve is just, you know, trying to do some little nuanced things. And we were forced to, because of the COVID layoff, to be a little slower in the way we trained and be a little more methodical and very stick to to a plan that I believe to this point, knock on wood, has preserved our health at a better level than what we've seen um, for the last several years. And I, I hope that that pays dividends, but I, I really believe in the, in the culture that we have here. Our philosophy is very much centered around making sure that, that our gymnasts are happy, that we can keep them um, as healthy as physically possible. 
um, certainly now uh, the the mental health awareness and in this time that we're living in has become more and more to the forefront and really making sure that we have great avenues of communication between the coaches and the staff and the and the team to 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 make sure that we are aware of any things that, that may be going on in their lives that that uh, could be affecting them. I think right now being locked up all the time is, is hard for everyone. You know, those are things that we've, we've made changes out of necessity to, but I really believe in, in, in our core values, which is we, we really, we want to extend respect to our, our team. We, we want to make sure that we communicate with them as clearly as possible about what the expectations are. We want to have a lot of fun while we're doing this. We don't want to be robotic or, you know, so overly uh, obsessed with, uh, with the level of discipline that we all know we have to have, but we want to have a good time in here. When we're training, we want to play the music loud and we want to have a good time. We want to be able to laugh. We want to be able to joke. We want to be able to enjoy each other's company. And that's hard to do in, in our current environment because we're, we're being told all the time we can't get very close to each other. And, um, but there's so much of our culture has depended on that, that, um, you know, we're still, we're still bought into that whole thing. And I told these guys this morning, look, I would rather be who we are and be committed to what our vision is and what, and they have a lot of ownership in that. They get to, they get to decide what a lot of that vision looks like. I'd rather be that and, and, and uh, do things the way we, that we do. If, if that means I don't ever get to be part of a championship team again, I like the way we do things. And I, and I want, certainly we want to win. And that's, that's un, shouldn't even have to be said because that's one of our goals that we that we chase every day. But if we run up against a buzzsaw like we have a couple of times with you know where Oklahoma has been and and some of the teams that they've had, sometimes you know one of my former mentors used to say this all the time. Sometimes the stars just have to line up, and uh, we know that we're doing a lot of things right. We know that this is a place where kids want to come now because they see the enjoyment and the love that, they, that our team has for each other. And we hear that in the recruiting process. And so I, I want to be true to that. Uh, I don't want to get my vision clouded by the chasing of, of a trophy. I'd rather be focused on the day-to-day well-being and where we are with what we're doing in our process. And, and uh, I don't think we're going to change a whole lot of that. That's the way it's been around here for several years, and that's the way I hope it stays. You guys have your Gym 101 showcase coming up pretty soon, and I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. So tell us what fans can expect from that, how we can watch, all that good stuff. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be different this year. Obviously, we have attendance limitations, so it's going to be a Booster Club exclusive event, um, not because we wanted to do that, but because normally it's the last several years, we've probably had 3,000 people there for what amounts to our final dress rehearsal, you know, before we, uh, and it's our only chance to get in the PMAC. And we put it on the SEC Plus network platform, which is the streaming part of the platform. It'll be on that this year, but um, there there won't be any uh, commentating. It's going to be primarily just a, a video stream. Um, I guess it's probably no secret. Budget constraints are, are an issue in a year when uh, football programs are not able to fill the stadiums and those kinds of things. So um, there were it was either it was either go with video only or go with none at all. And I just felt like it was more important to keep it out there so people could watch. So it'll be on the SEC Network Plus, and uh, for our for our Booster Club members, um, they will be able to RSVP by a certain date uh, and be able to come to the event live. Um, so it, it'll be a very similar format. We're going to run through what is, amounts to an inner squad for us. Um, we may do some extra routines because we have some extras this year. So it won't just be six. It, you know, we may run nine or so or 10 uh, on an event and then try to give the fans a little bit of interaction, even though we can't spend any time with them up close and personal. But um, maybe there may be some Q&A that goes on in the arena uh, at some point. But Nice. Uh, so it'll be a little different, but I think more than anything, it gets our team, the, the whole genesis of it was to get our team into that arena, let them feel that space and get on that equipment and, and you know, the lighting and get in front of a crowd and, and let them get some experience under their belt before we have to go on January 8th. Yeah. 
Okay, well, that was all we had as far as questions. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add or anything you guys wanted to say about you know, your program or this season? Uh, all I'd say is that I'm just really excited. I think this team is different than any other team I've been a part of. Um, we're all really, really close. Um, like I could go hang out with any freshman and I'd be perfectly fine. And um, us seniors, we're just trying to take them under our wing. Um, I know these times are hard being a freshman is hard to begin with and then with COVID and then online classes. So it's, it's just really hard. Um, but I think everyone's handling it really good. And um, I think we're all just really excited for season. We're excited for gym 101. Um, these times it feels like forever since we've been quarantined and all these rules. Um, I think we're just excited to get season going. So I think it's going to be good. I'm just excited to watch oh, live gymnastics again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I know. And that's, that's what I was about to say was, I, you know, my message to our fans in, in the emails that I've had and um, those kinds of things, it's a frustrating time for a lot of people, no, no doubt. I mean, but I'm hopeful that we can all focus on what we have and not what we don't have. And what we have is an opportunity to have a season with that, that'll either be accessible. We may not be able to put 12,000 people in the stands, but it'll be on television and people can sense some sense of normalcy through that. And, and I keep telling our fans, you know, we're, we're not dead. Neither are you, thank God. And we're just, you know, let's just, let's focus on what we've got and let's, let's be positive. This is a, this is a, a great group of young women that are doing amazing things in our gym. I feel so good uh, and, and so privileged to be a part of what they're doing. I'm grateful to Dee. I'm grateful to LSU, uh, you know, for the opportunity that I've been given. It's not often that you can have a, a, uh, another opportunity like the one that I have now. Um, and I, I'm just excited in general. I think we have a great, great group of kids on this team. And, 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 uh, you know, Christina is a prime example of that. She came here as a, a 16 when she got here and came in early and, and she's a 20 year old senior. And yet that's I, so crazy. I, I forget, I forget no. that sometimes because she exhibits such a, a level of maturity and, and, and everything. And we just, we got a team full of, of kids that just, they love each other. And I love being a part of it. And I love being around them. And, and uh, I'm just excited for what this season brings. We will get over that hump that you mentioned. It, the plan is for it to be this year, but if it's not, it may be next year. And you mentioned, she briefly mentioned, there's talk of them being able to come back. If I have anything to do with it, all five of these seniors will be back next year. If I can, if I can convince them all to do it, that'll be, <laughs> that is, that's the desire of this, of this guy. All right, so let's talk LSU's lineups. So the Tigers are losing two pretty big athletes, I would say, in both Kennedy Edney and Ruby Harold. They also lost Ashlyn Kirby. She was a senior last year, although she didn't really see a lot of lineup action. Kennedy Edney and Ruby Harold, between the two of them, you know, Kennedy Edney was their top all-around athlete, and Ruby Harold was phenomenal on both vault bars and floor. So quite a few routines that the Tigers are going to be looking to make up this season. They do have a pretty stellar freshman class, I would say. Mm -hmm. So they have Elena Arenas, who is a former junior elite. She was an elite from 2014 to 2017, so she does have a lot of experience. She's also a three-time JO National qualifier and really, I think, has potential for all around. Don't know if we're going to see her doing it all the time, at least in her freshman year, but doesn't really have a weak event, I would say. And also also doesn't really necessarily have a standout event. She's just kind of an even-keeled athlete across all four events. And, you know, she was like that throughout her elite career and her level 10 career before coming to LSU. So I do think I see her making a pretty good contribution to the lineup throughout her time as a Tiger. Someone that I'm really excited to see is Haley Bryant. So she's a two-time Nastia Cup champion. She did that in 2020 and in 2018. She's also a three-time JO National Vault champion. She's the all-around JO National champion from 2017. She also won floor that year. So she's very, very experienced as a level 10 athlete. And that was also one of the years that she won vault. So, of course, she's kind of known for being a stellar vaulter. And I think that's definitely going to be her strongest event in college. But also has a lot of all-around potential. For sure. Not a lot of all-around potential, like major all-around potential. <laughs> 
Olivia Dunn is another freshman that is highly anticipated for LSU this season. You know, aside from being a TikTok star, (laughs) she is a phenomenal gymnast. She was an elite gymnast from 2014 to 2018, a former national team member back in 2017. She was also a part of the gold medal winning team in Yeslo. In 2020, she was a Nastia Cup qualifier. I mean, her list of accomplishments just goes on and on. Similar to Alana and Haley, I think that she has all potential for this team and as Jay mentioned she is a standout beam worker I think that's where we're going to see an immediate impact from her this season Sierra Ballard is joining the team this season her mom is actually Lori Strawn Ballard who was a 88 and 92 Olympian for Canada also a former NCAA bar champion for Georgia so that's pretty cool but Sierra is a pretty great gymnast herself she is a three-time JO national qualifier her best finish came in 2017 when she finished 11th all around vault is probably her best event when you look at her JO career but she definitely has the potential to be kind of a depth person for the team on that event as well as on floor she competed a pretty big double arabian when she was in jo so definitely someone that can step in from time to time you know if some of the bigger girls that are always competing in the lineups and maybe needs a break or there's an injury she's hopefully someone that they can look to and last but not least is Chase Brock. So she is a three-time JO National Qualifier. She finished eighth on vault and sixth on bars back in 2018. And I think that she might be the biggest surprise for LSU this season in terms of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, she is not, you know, one of the top names in this freshman class. She's someone who's kind of flying under the radar. But I do think that she is a strong athlete that can contribute a lot. She has a pretty consistent tucked full end on floor that's not nice yeah great height you go look at videos of her on youtube and i was surprised i wasn't expecting that from her yeah well and she also has a one and a half on vault and she actually stuck it cold in a meet back in 2018 and she scored a 995 Mm -hmm. which is crazy so again I, i think that you know when she's coming in with a freshman class with some bigger name level 10 athletes that someone like Chase Brock kind of might fly under the radar a little bit but i'm excited to see what she can do this season and how she can contribute to this team so as far as lineups go, starting on vault, we have Elena Arenas in the leadoff spot, Maddie Rao second, Chase Brock third, Sarah Edwards fourth, Haley Bryant fifth, and Kaya Johnson in the anchor position. So with this lineup, LSU has at least four, with the possibility of having five 10-0 start values, so that's a pretty big deal for them. Of course, we see all the top teams in the nation really striving to have as many 10-0 start values as possible, so that's a kind of a key point of emphasis for any top team. The good news is for LSU is that where they lack in 10 start values, they really kind of make up for it with having some nicer trinkle falls. And I think that's really important, especially, you know, for the beginning of the lineup, you want someone who can go out there and hit a clean, nicely executed vault. LSU always kind of had that. They had Sarah Finnegan, who had a textbook, your trinkle full for a while. And then, you know, Kai Rivers last season was doing a full and it was very nicely done. So I think it's okay. I don't think it's necessarily going to prevent them from, you know, being a contender at the end of the season. But with that being said, I'm really interested to see what Chase Brock will do on this event. You know, I mentioned just a moment ago that she has competed a one and a half in her J.O. career, and we've seen her in training doing it pretty consistently. That's training before coming to LSU. Yeah, so I guess during her time so far at LSU, we haven't really seen her do that ball. With that being said, she does have a very, very nice full, and I do believe that she will have a spot in this lineup, probably regardless, whether mm-hmm. she does a full or a one and a half, but I'm excited to see what she's going to come out with. Elena Arenas is another one who I think has the possibility to do a really nice Yushchenko full. So she did a double back when she was in Elite, and it had a lot of power, really clean in the air, and was pretty good with the landing, so I think that you know the possibility of her bringing that to college, at least in her freshman season, is probably not likely, but, you know, to do the Yurchenko full and do it well, I think she could make a really good leadoff for this team. And I do feel like that even though... LSU was losing two massive vaults in both Ruby Harold and Kenny Edney. They are making up for it with their one-two punch at the end, and that's going to be Haley Bryant and Kaya Johnson, two massive title start values. Yeah, I would definitely say that Haley Bryant is one of the best vaulters in the nation, especially, you know, from her J.O. career, but she probably will be in college as well. Just so technically perfect on this event. She actually has a career high of a 10 from her J.O. career, so lots to look forward 
forward to now as she's entering into her college career. But I think that, yeah, if you're going to be losing two 10 off start values and two vaults that were consistently bringing in big scores for you, it really helps to have someone like Haley Bryant coming in because she really is going to immediately make up for that loss, just her alone. Some other possible options on this event. Olivia Dunn is a good option. She has a very nice fall. Lexi Nibs, we saw her in the lineup a few times last season, and she was kind of like in the consistent 9-7 range, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, so she is an option. Sammy Duranty, another one. Sierra Ballard. Also Alona. Um, Jay mentioned possibly seeing her on more events this season. Mm-hmm aside from just bars, and she did do a double back in Elite. I don't think that will translate well to college. I don't think that her double was strong enough as an Elite to be consistent in the lineup for LSU, mm -hmm. but either way, she could definitely still be an option with a nice full. Moving on to bars, our lineup prediction is Kaya Johnson, Olivia Dunn, Elena Arenas, Alona Shinakova, Haley Bryant, and Sammy Durante in that final anchor position. So what's interesting about this lineup is when you look at last season, LSU is losing pretty much the entire back half of the lineup with, you know, Ruby Harold, Kennedy Edney, and then also Kai Rivers being out with an injury this season. They're really going to have to use their freshmen to try and fill as many of those spots as possible. I think that Kaya Johnson, she was the leadoff all last season, and she made a great leadoff. Olivia Dunn, Elena Arena is two great bar workers. They should fit in pretty naturally to this lineup. Alona, of course, was kind of known from her elite career for being a bar worker. Has, you know, a lot of options as far as skills go that she could possibly do. So I'm hoping to see her form clean up just a little bit. I think that was really what was preventing her from getting some of those higher scores more consistently last season. Yeah, she has a natural flexed foot kind of when she does like her release moves and stuff. And then her dismount is a little bit whippy, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. She really opens up and then, like, pikes down right as she's landing, which, not sure if the judges are consistently taking for that, but that's something that I think that I would like to see her work on a little bit to really bring in the bigger score. But like you said, I mean, Bars is the event that she was known for in her late career. This is really the event that she's going to help LSU the most, mm -hmm. and I expect this season to be no different. She's a great bar worker. And then Sammy Narani, I think she's proven to be really consistent. She actually has a career high of 995 and didn't go below 98 at all last season, so really has worked hard on bars and, you know, has come a long way. And I think she has a really nice line. And I just think that, you know, with her being a senior and the leadership that she has with the team, I think she would make a great anchor. Some possible options on this event. We have Bridget Dean. She's normally in the second position in LSU's lineup. And I think that she's the next likely option to step in if need be. I think right now at this point in time, the girls that we have currently in the lineup are a little bit stronger on this event than she is. But again, anything can happen. We know that injuries happen all the time. Now with the coronavirus, we always have the risk that someone is going to, you know, come in contact with someone and have mm -hmm. to sit out for two weeks. So anything can happen. And I definitely still think that Bridget Dean is in the mix. I think overall, this is definitely an event where LSU has the least amount of options to work with. We've talked about Sierra Ballard passively coming in as a depth person, and then also Caitlin Smith. I think she's someone that sometimes people forget about because she was injured last season, so we didn't get to see her at all, but she is a former elite gymnast, and she actually was the 2019 JO National Champion, and she actually has a career high of 9925 on bars from her JO career, Which so... I did not know. No. So that's promising. And I think that she's not necessarily going to be consistently in this lineup. But again, you mentioned the coronavirus. That's a huge factor this year. The also, injury bug. <laughs> exactly. It happens all the time. And of course, we don't hope for that, but it's gymnastics. We know how this goes. So definitely good to have as many options as possible. And I think that LSU is really going to be counting on any of these girls, primarily probably Bridget Dean, just because she does have that experience and that consistency to step in if needed. And also, you know, Jay did say that he felt like this is the event that not necessarily was the weakest for the team, but the, where they had the least amount of depth. Yeah. And I do think that we see that a little bit here. Moving on to beam, we have Christina Desiderio in the leadoff spot, Haley Bryant in second, Sammy Durani third, Olivia Dunn fourth, Kaya Johnson fifth, and then Reagan Campbell in sixth. So this is a pretty good beam lineup. I feel pretty good about this team. Very on this solid. Event. 
Desiderio has been consistently in the leadoff position, a very, very consistent beam worker. LSU has always had, at least in recent years, that person that goes up and they do the same thing week in and week out. It was Aaron McAdeg, you know, during her time at LSU. And Christina has stepped into that role really nicely and has done an excellent job on this event for LSU. We mentioned Olivia Dunn stepping in here on this event. This is kind of her signature event, I would say, when you look at her past experience. This is the event where she really stands out on. Yeah, she has absolutely beautiful lines, great flexibility in her leaps. She really hits those 180 positions. And Reagan Campbell is the anchor. Duh, she's definitely like the only option for the anchor position, I would say. And knocking on the door of a 10 this season, she's come really, really close, really does have just perfect technique, and, you know, any day now, it's gonna happen. <laughs> well, of course, season's gotta start first, right. but when season starts, it's like, any meet, this could happen. We expect it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something I love also about Reagan Campbell is how she moves in and out of her skills. Everything is so effortless and it seems like one just fluid motion. You know, mm-hmm. she'll land an element and then she'll immediately go right into her dance and she really just flows in and out of every skill so flawlessly. And she's so light with her movements. It's like she's just walking on air. Or like she's Or like she's floating. She yeah. Just has she's this, like an angel. Yeah, she has this lightness to her, which is really nice to watch. As far as options on this event goes, I think Elena Arenas is definitely a possibility. Alona Shinakova is somebody that I think will step in on beam at some point. She has done it in the past. I think she competed two times and one of the times she fell. So she really only has one hit under her belt as far as competition experience goes. But I think she definitely has the potential to be really good on this event. Just needs to find some confidence and get into a rhythm and, you know, really get that consistency down. But I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing her throughout the season on this event. I think that out of all the possible options on Beam, she's most likely to go in if needed. But then they also have Bridget Dean. Yeah. She was in last season pretty consistently and did really well. Yeah, she's actually the fourth top scorer returning to LSU's lineup on that event. Mm-hmm. Um, she averaged around a 984, which oh. is pretty dang good. So you're saying that we messed up by not having her in our lineup here? Possibly. <laughs> it's hard, but, you know, like Jay said, this is the event where you see their depth. Mm-hmm. They have so many viable options. Wrapping it up with floor, we have Desiderio once again in the leadoff position, Sarah Edwards in second, Olivia Dunn third, Reagan Campbell fourth, Haley Bryant fifth, and Kaya Johnson to bring down the house on floor in the anchor position. <laughs> again, I think just like with Beam, this is a really strong lineup, and they also have a lot of options to back them up if needed. As far as the lineup goes, Desiderio again, so consistent. She has a beautiful double layout. Really, I think, is a good person to kind of get the team rolling on this event. Absolutely. And then Sarah Edwards, you know, last season she debuted a double layout on floor. It was looking pretty good. And then, unfortunately, she went down with an injury. Looking to see her back this year healthy and consistently contributing to the lineup, as we've come to expect from her. I think, just like we mentioned on vault with Haley Bryant and Kaya Johnson, they're kind of the powerful athletes on the team and the ones that can really bring in the big scores to close out the event. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to backtrack a second here to Reagan Campbell. I didn't know this, but she's the second highest returning scorer in this event. Really? She averages a 9875. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I guess I'm not surprised by that because she is so clean. I think it's funny because you normally don't think about a more graceful athlete being a floor worker. We're so used to seeing, like, floor be all about power and big skills, and she's not necessarily that, but... She doesn't have that big e-tumbling pass. Right, but she is pretty consistent, and as we've already mentioned, she's just so technically perfect that she really is capable of bringing in a big score. And in college gymnastics, that's really what it's all about, is just being clean and consistent. It's not necessarily about the difficulty, so... I think she's great on this event as well. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what she can bring to the table this season. Hopefully bring that consistency back. Exactly. And then, like you said, Haley Bryant, Kaya Johnson. I think they're going to be phenomenal towards the end of this lineup. They have the nice big E passes that are going to really excite the crowd, get them going. I think that we can come to expect a lot from them, given their track record, you know, for Haley Bryant in level 10 and Kai Johnson so far in her freshman season last year at LSU. Two athletes that are capable of a lot on this event. And then for options on floor, we have Olivia Gunter. She was in the lineup a few times last season. 
definitely could still be in the mix this season or possibly use as a depth person. Elena Arenas is great on floor. Courtney Goodrich, she competed twice last season on floor and actually has a career high of a 9-9. So, again, could be a depth person. Bridget Dean is another option. Caitlin Smith, uh-huh. if she's back and healthy. And then Chase Brock, we mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, but she has a nice full end that, you know, really is lineup worthy. So as long as she can get the consistency down and, you know, find her way into that lineup... I think it's definitely a possibility for her. I hope at least a couple times throughout the season we get to see her because I really was amazed. Like, truly, I was when I watched this video. I was, I, like I said, I wasn't expecting that, but it's it's so high. And one of the meets, she stuck it cold, like two feet stick. So a lot of potential there, I think. So as a whole, what are your thoughts on this team and what they're capable of this season? Well, I think it's going to be a good season for them. LSU kind of has a tendency of not always performing the greatest during the regular season, but they really come through in the postseason. And, you know, this is a really good team. I think that on paper, they might not look as strong as maybe some of the other top teams in the nation, but I definitely wouldn't count them out. Again, like I said, they always have a way of coming through when it matters the most. Yeah, they really, like, kick it into gear for Mm -hmm. postseason. So I think that they're going to be just fine this season and definitely still going to be in contention for not only the SEC title at the end of the season, but, you know to make it to that final four and be one of those teams down on the floor fighting for a national championships, which of course LSU has not won a national championship yet, but they've been really, really close. So who knows? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Jay said that bars was going to possibly be a weaker event for the team this season just because they don't have as much depth on that event. And I agree with that. I could totally see where the other events like Beam and Floor, they definitely have a lot more options. They're deeper on that event. Yeah, which a little I bit think, more to work with. Yeah, and I think that, you know, come postseason, that's going to work in their favor more, whereas bars, we might see them struggle a little bit more. But regardless, I think this team is amazing. LSU's always an amazing team. We can always expect them to be legitimate national contenders, and I expect the season to be no different. Thank you so much to Jay and Christina for taking the time to come on our show. We appreciate you guys so much, and best of luck this season. We can't wait to cheer you guys on. We also want to remind our listeners to tune in next Thursday, December 17th, for the Gym 101 Showcase. It'll be on the SSC Plus Network, and we'll be sure to share the link with you guys on our social media when we have it. Finally, live college gymnastics. I know. So excited. It'll be a good time, and um, like I said, you can check out our social media. We're at all things gym pod on twitter facebook and instagram for that link when we have it available next week we're going to take a little break from doing the season previews and we're going to have an episode dedicated to fantasy gymnastics a lot of people play it but if you're not someone that's played it before we definitely recommend it the episode is going to give you some tips and tricks for doing your draft as well as some ideas of some gymnasts that you might not think to put on your draft that we think are personally going to be really really helpful yeah some secret weapons if you will (laughs) so stay tuned for that and we hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will talk Talk to you next Monday. Bye. Bye.